This is Daisy Dead of the Dead Deads, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch to talk about Mowitch. You know, <laughs> this is interview number 20 or so for us, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. We have never talked to a husband and wife until now. Yeah. <laughs> and so we found one that's in a band together and we talked about it and it was great. So we had the pleasure of interviewing Tanya and Cody, the lead singer and the lead guitarist of Lydia's Castle and the married couple that we were just referring to. <laughs> Yep. Also, I think this is probably the newest, as in like been around together the least amount of time band, as in these guys just finalized their lineup by adding a a full time bassist like a couple months ago. Yeah, like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the band formed like only two years ago. Yeah, too. So it's definitely one of the newest bands we've interviewed. But they they know what they're doing. They, They got a great sound. They got a great story. They sounded fantastic live. They really did. Uh, which we'll go into more, I'm sure, in depth here soon. And they brought in some uh, some street cred to the hard rock game with them by, uh, I guess, winning the lottery, as it were, <laughs> to have uh, John Wisaki, most famously known as the drummer from the band Stained, join their, their lineup. And while we didn't get a chance to interview him, uh, I did get a chance to talk to him at the show that we saw them on Saturday. And... I wanted to ask just you're a well-established artist. So why did you choose this band? Uh, And he didn't disappoint. He basically said that these guys were serious. They, you know, out of all the bands in Nashville, there's a lot of bands that are just there to play. They're just having fun with it. But, but these guys are serious. They wanted to make good music. They wanted to get, get their music out there. And he said he really liked the music too, which I agree. I like the music as well. We'll get into that more. But uh, one thing I wanted to kind of drive home is just kind of the, uh, the importance of the creation of this band out of tragedy, which we kind of we get into in the interview, but it's just kind of neat that they're able to form this out of the loss that they experienced. Agreed. And, and I, I think the best way to kind of understand that is the video for Search for You. Yes. Uh, it's, it's really kind of hits home to, to their story. Yeah, so definitely check out that when you get a chance. But we had a wonderful time speaking with them. So without further ado, this is Tanya and Cody of Lydia's Castle. So we're here. We have our guests tonight. We have Tanya and Cody of Lydia's Castle. Thank you guys for joining us tonight in the middle of a little bit of chaos over here. It seems like it's mostly just hot 
where you are. Uh, yeah, that's it's the only bad. thing I can complain about. Yeah, no tornado for sure. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no totos flying. In the yeah, right. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not yet. Falling houses. All right, where do you guys want to want to kick off here? Well, just kind of the story of how the band formed. I understand that this is kind of a recent thing. It seems like almost just a couple of years, like right at the start of the pandemic, I believe. And then you kind of picked up a, a couple of members along the way. So I just wanted to kind of understand how all that happened and how uh, it came to be that John and Corey joined the band. Yeah. Well, the band started with Tanya and I just writing some songs and we decided that we wanted to try to bring this to the world. And of course, we needed to find a band to do that. So uh, we met John, I think, within a few weeks of us looking for members, and he dug what we were doing and decided to stick with us. And we did some shows for the next year uh, with some hired guns. And then we found Corey just a few months ago. We had just gotten done recording our EP, and we just needed to solidify a band lineup because mm-hmm. we were already ready to start writing for the next batch of songs. And the way that we wrote this last EP was kind of not the traditional way that you would normally think about writing a record. A lot of it was finalized in the studio. Like there were things that were changed last minute. Like it was a very up until the finish line, there were still things that were changing. So the songs that we had been performing for a year, um, you know, all of a sudden are just more mature. They're still the same songs, but there's just new parts to learn and just, you know, more intricate things to learn. So we needed somebody that was going to be committed Mm -hmm. and spend the time learning the parts properly and learning our style. Um, So we found Corey. We put out an ad and he just responded. It was quite natural. Honestly, we interviewed uh, several amazing bass players and we decided uh, to go with Corey. He just seemed to, to fit the vibe the best. And it's true to this day. He's been a great asset to our band. Awesome. And so I'm really kind of curious because I know John has been in the industry for a long time. He's been a well-established, I believe he's the, the original drummer of Stained. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, he was a co-founder of Stained. So I, I just, when he joined the band, did you guys realize at that time that you guys had something kind of special going on or, or you know, what was that kind of feeling when, when somebody like that wants to join your band? Yeah. So when we met John, he was introduced to us by a mutual, you know, friend. A mutual friend. We had known that he played with Stain and Soil and Save the World. But the thing about you know, us and John and our uh, relationship is it's never been about that. Never. Um, It's not, he doesn't say, Oh, look at me, you know, or treat me different or, you know, we're each other's worst critics and him having that history and that past doesn't quite affect that. But, you know, um, we don't treat each other any differently. No, I've, I think the very first, probably 30 seconds that when I met John, it was kind of like, okay, this is John from Stained. Okay. (laughs) You know, he's here. And then it was like, are we going to get along? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, (laughs) we're in two totally separate worlds, you know, obviously he's a, he's a little older than we are. And I was like, okay. I mean, I've, I've grown up jamming with people that were like 15 years older than me um, Mm -hmm. at times. So like I was used to it. That didn't bother me at all. And I know that he's a great drummer, but it's like, is the hang going to be good? So from yeah. that point on, I never have referred to him as John from Stain. I've just referred never. to him as John or mm-hmm. JW that I call him or whatever. <laughs> and there's sometimes he'll be like, Tanya, are you going to be hard on them like you are on me? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all we're all really tough on each other, but we do it out of love for the band. We're all equally, all four of us are super dedicated and we check each other and make sure that we're that we're all on the same 
in the same frame of mind. And it's, it's been great. You know, yeah. I, everyone is good chemistry. Everyone is here for the ride. And yeah. you know, I think we have, we have a, a good lineup for sure. Yeah. So with the, with the EP and the, the search for the basis, is that you doing all of the guitar parts on the recording? So I, I did all the guitar work with some additional guitars from Jack, our producer, Jack Daniels, sick tone studio. He's, he's an amazing musician, amazing producer. Um, he did some additional guitar parts and then he also did bass. Yeah. He tracked all the bass for the, for the record. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the reason why I asked that is like, I saw your promotional uh, pictures and stuff and it was just the three of you minus yeah. the fourth member. So I was kind of <laughs> curious how that tied into everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jack just kind of offered to do it. He's like, I mean, and I already, we got, we, <laughs> so our relationship with Jack started off of a recommendation and I, I had always heard that he was just this awesome. brilliant, brilliant producer <laughs> can, you know, he, you basically just hand your guitar to him type of thing and just, <laughs> and he'll show you how to play the song type of guy. <laughs> but I, like, he obviously lets you have your ideas and he only, he only matures what you have, right. of course, but he just offered to do it. And I was like, all right, man, I trust you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those situations it was either that or we have a, a really good friend who's in another prominent band that wanted to record bass and but this just made it easier and i think that jack did an amazing job not that uh anybody else wouldn't have done an amazing job but jack really nailed it on the ep for sure yeah definitely i agree <laughs> yeah that's one thing that i really noticed on the ep is it's it's very well produced for one i was i was quite impressed with that but the other thing is, is like, you know, you guys have very unique guitar riffs that I don't think sound like anything else. And I will be honest, like, I'm not a fan of asking this question in interviews, but you guys are, are styles just so kind of unique, but like what kind of influences or what kind of styles are you pulling from to come up with these riffs that you have on the CP? I've always been a fan of any band that understands the formula of write an awesome riff, drop out in the verses and come in huge with a chorus of big, huge chords. You know, I, I can't really pinpoint any certain bands. Like I love bands like Thin Lizzy that are like really riffy and of course Zeppelin, uh, any, you know, the who, all of them, you know, just any bands that just understand the riff is the hook. And then you support the vocals and the chorus with, mm -hmm. with big chords, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just like to follow that, for that formula. I mean, honestly, honestly, it's not original um, by any means, but I think for me, I try to keep it simple. You know, I, I like to build skeletons of songs before I really dig into what the parts are going to be. But yeah, influences like that, it's just riff bands, you know, like Clutch is another really good example. You know, I just, I love any bands that are like that. Um, another band that's out there right now, Crowbot, their guitarist yeah. has some, has some pretty mean riffs. I, I really, I really dig their sound and a few other bands that are, I'm going blank on, but yeah, just riffy <laughs> bands, riffy bands, big choruses, big drums, big vocals. That's, I just go big on everything unless it calls for something different. Go big or go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it. Okay, go home. That's a four, no, that, <laughs> that wasn't big enough. You have to leave. No, that's, like, <laughs> that's a great answer. I, uh, I definitely agree with that. And I, I think like people doing solos and songs, are kind of a, a lost art nowadays so I, I dug that in a lot of your tracks yeah i tried to well thank you um i i never want the solo the guitar solo to go away i don't mind not doing a guitar solo i don't want to phoenix yeah. was not supposed to have a guitar actually solo. phoenix was not supposed to have a guitar solo. oh okay <laughs> yeah so there was supposed to be two songs without a guitar solo but i got a call because tanya was there staying in cape Girardeau, missouri where jack is at they called me one day and they're like hey 
because uh, I was about to drive up there the next day and they're like, hey, you got to come up with a solo for this part in Phoenix. I'm like, oh, OK, like I thought we were done. And I you utilize your two hour drive and think of something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, solos, I think, are important as long as they enhance the song. Um, there are certain songs where I agree that a guitar solo should not be there. I'm for lead parts all day long. I think the guitar should be playing lead parts when there's not a vocal hook. But I mean, as far as like a flashy solo, it's not needed sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I love them though. They're my favorite thing to do. So if I can do it, I'll do it. But you're good at it. So thanks. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. So we were kind of wanted to go into a little bit more of a serious content because I understand that the creation of this band has kind of come out of tragedy and would kind of wanted to know your story of why um, it was important to get that message out to others that might be going through that or um, to just kind of get your, your story out there. Sure. So Lydia's Castle came about after Cody and I had gotten married. I became pregnant and about a week before my due date, uh, we unexpectedly lost our daughter out of the blue and uh, through losing Lydia we had to find our identification again as no longer being parents, as who we wanted to be in life in general. And so we decided to just completely uproot, leave Indiana where we were kind of at as a middle place. And uh, we decided to move to Nashville and, you know, in finding ourselves and rebuilding who we wanted to be, we found that we really kind of leaned on music and expressed ourselves and how we felt through music. And we ended up uh, building Lydia's castle. And so part of our story and our message to all of our listeners and followers is to show people that you can go through a really awful situation in life, like something really, really bad. And that there is a light and there's hope at the end of the tunnel, as long as you just keep your head above water and you keep trying and pushing forward, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it is possible. So that is how we came up with Lydia's castle all because of Lydia. <laughs> yeah. And as, as, as unfortunate as the situation is, I do appreciate that you are putting yourselves out there and trying to get that message out there. Cause there's a lot of people that have been going through situations like that. And maybe they weren't as far in term as you were. And, you know, they still are kind of dealing with situations. In fact, my, when we were trying to have our first child, we actually um, had two situations just like that where it was a miscarriage and, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that very many people like to talk about because, mm-hmm. you know, especially for women, because they, they feel that it's, it's embarrassing almost to them. And it's, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think it's, it's really great that you are trying to put that out there because it's not something to be embarrassed by. It, it, it yeah. does happen to a lot of, of, of women and a lot of uh, couples. Um, and so I, I just really wanted to say, I appreciate that you, that you are doing that because one of the things that we do love with our show, try to do as much as with our show is just get the mental awareness out there that, that you know, there's, everybody is going through something. Um, and that's one reason why we love music because it, it's, it's our escape from everything else. Um, so I, I truly appreciate you doing that. Yes. Yeah, thank you. And, and we're sorry to hear about the loss that um, you had also experienced. And I think you really nailed the, um, the nail on the, 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 nail on no. the head. you know there there are there's a lot of women there's a lot of even men you know that go through these situations they feel very isolated and alone like it's a taboo topic that you know you can't talk about and it's kind of like the opiate pandemic back in the day you know the more that people started talking about that the more 
comfortable people started talking to each other and we be there for one another and help each other through that. But there are a lot of women that feel like uh, it's their fault or they blame their bodies or them. And I feel like no matter if you're 39 weeks like I was, or you're just four weeks, you're still a mom and a dad, no matter where you're at, a loss is a loss. And um, we don't need to feel like we're alone in that, you know? So part of Lydia's castle is like, we always tell people, build your castle. You're welcome to our castle. You never should ever have to feel like you're alone. So. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think we yeah. were talking about, about this subject, you know, in sort of preparation. And one of the things we, that I, I know I mentioned, I, it's been only in the past couple of years that I realized exactly how common that particular experience is. I had no mm-hmm. idea until it just, it felt like every other couple that I encountered shared a story about that at some point or another, which what that tells me is that those conversations still aren't happening, happening as out in the open yeah. as much as they need to. Cause I feel right. like that's not, not something I should be surprised to learn. Yeah. And it's also not just women, like right. men, you guys, you know, women go through it where it's like more of a emotional attachment. And then men go through it where it's more of like these dreams and aspirations. And it affects people very differently depending on who it is. But yeah, not to mention that you're, uh, I can't speak on her side of things at all. But I, I think for me, I think for what I felt was, you know, you had prepared so long. There are certain things that you can no longer do as uh, a parent than when you are a single person or whether you're, you're married without kids or whatever. And it's one of those things where you make such a lifestyle adjustment and you're so ready for it. And you, you know, your, your life looks to be one way and uh, all of a sudden it's not, mm-hmm. you know, you were so prepared for this lifelong commitment to raising a family and, and sustaining a family. And then when that happens, you feel the loss of, of, you know, you know, your daughter is no longer there, but you're also, you're, you're trying to deal with your depression, but you're also trying to be there for your wife uh, Mm -hmm. in my, in my position. So it was, it was difficult for a lot of reasons. I didn't physically carry her, but I, you know, I, I carried her. It's cliche to say I carried her in my heart. If that, does that make sense? No, absolutely. Yes. So, um, so I, you know, I loved her just as much. So it was, um, it's, it's difficult for sure. Um, I think that uh, the issue with this subject, particularly, I've been thinking about it. Um, women don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing. And then guys don't want to talk about it because guys don't talk about feelings usually anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter who is in that situation, it's it's rough and you feel like there's no way you could possibly talk to somebody that could understand or want to listen to you. But there are people out there and there are a ton of support groups. And that's the good news out of all of this is that Mm -hmm. there are people that have gone through it. You know, we're not the only ones that have have experienced something like this. It's a tragedy, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. If you want to call it that there are people are there to, uh, to support you and be Mm -hmm. there for you. Right. Yeah. That's something I was going to mention. Cause I think that like with the addition of social media to that, like, once you put that announcement out there, you know, it's for the world to see. And then if something happens, then you have to explain to the world exactly what mm-hmm. happened. And that's and that's where a lot of people find the embarrassment to come in is having to yeah. kind of explain it or the depression that sets in because, the you know, every time, you know, they see somebody different, they have to re-explain that same situation. 
Um, but it, like you just mentioned on the flip side of that too, you can also use social media to connect with people that have gone through the same situations and similar situations to help, you know, just maybe find a, a different way through the process. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we just hope that, you know, by talking about it and we really appreciate you guys allowing us to talk about it because we hope that, you know, the more we talk about it on every podcast and every radio interview that just, we continue to bring awareness to it. And that if there is somebody out there who is going through that situation, we just hope that they know, like, they're just genuinely not alone and that, you know, yeah. there, there are brighter sides and brighter days coming. So. Thank you. Yeah. And we, we appreciate you being open and talking about it and not only naming your band after Lydia, but also search for you, the song itself and the music video is also beautifully done a great story with the song. So definitely the listeners out there need to check out the video uh, search for you. Yes. Appreciate it. Please check it out. (laughs) We'll definitely link to it. Yeah, that, that's probably one of my favorite songs on the album. The, the guitar riff on that was just so great, so unique. And that's what that's why I was asking, actually, it was because of that particular guitar line. It almost straddles the line between metal and rock. I just couldn't quite place it. It was it's it's a great song. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that was a that was a collaboration between Jack and I. Uh, that was just one of the, the riffs that was just matured a little bit more. From our couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was basically the same. But yeah. yeah, Jack and I worked on it and clapped, and I think it came out a lot better um, because of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. I understand you guys are uh, going to be here on Saturday playing a live show at the Diamond Music Hall on June 18th. Uh, yep. yeah. We're there. We're excited. We'll be there. Me and my buddy Casey will be there. Uh, and actually, it's like right down the street from my house. I got like almost walk there, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, sorry for the abrupt change of topic, yes. but we we got so excited to see that somebody was going to be playing like yes within like 10 minutes of where of where the itch is based. <laughs> We're like, I think this is the first band we've talked to that we can say that about. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, right on. Can't wait to see you there. Yeah, It'll this show is going to be so much fun. We've known Inimical Drive over a decade for a long long time yeah (laughs) and they've always been like when are you guys gonna do something when are you guys gonna do something so now we're like okay we're doing something do you want to play together now (laughs) no that's that's awesome it's it's also funny so you're playing another show with the discrepancies and i was kind of like oh man why aren't the discrepancies (laughs) playing in st peter's come on right like (laughs) yeah we just played with we just played with those guys uh last weekend yeah, it was in Clarksville. In Clarksville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. For, for those who are unaware, Discrepancies is is an, a band with oh, that's also got some St. Louis ties. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think they're based out of St. Louis. Those they're yeah. really cool guys. Man, um, they're awesome. Yeah, that was our first so time meeting talented. them. We've always we've always known about them, but that was our first time meeting each other, and um, it was you know just like old friends. It was, it was really easy yeah, to hang out. Great hangs. Yeah, great guys. We've seen it looks like now that the the EP has been released and it's, you know, it's out there for everybody. It seems like you guys are starting to sort of, um, you know, now we're focusing on the shows. Let's, you know, let's see what we can get a few dates booked and play stuff. And so yeah. far, it, you know, it seems seems mostly around Tennessee and then and then here. Um, do you guys have anything in the works of for like touring across an area? Or are you get tra- trying to stay a little more uh, regional for the time being or? Uh, we've got some things that have yet to be confirmed. Um, okay. I know we, we're doing a couple dates in St. Louis again um, yeah. in July. With Liliac. With Yeah, with Liliac. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we are going up to uh, the machine shop in Flint, Michigan with Saving It. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we got we got almost saving able there so we're gonna do a gig um i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about it. the machine shop is a is a pretty cool venue and pretty yeah. well known so i'm definitely gonna get a couple t-shirts while i'm there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna know that that is a great that's a great opportunity being up in chicago i'm not i'm close enough to the machine shop that i should probably make my way up there sometime before too long as well so that would be such a cool show yeah it's a yeah yeah, it's gonna be a good show for sure uh but yeah our our goal is to uh you know we're we're waiting to get confirmation on a few things but we are looking to tour regionally we want to build a a natural falling here while we can like four to to six hours you know from tennessee that hits kind of like atlanta you know louisville kentucky um ohio ohio you know, you know places like that north yeah. carolina uh so we're, we're yeah stretch a little work yeah there's <laughs> yeah like, you can cover a lot of ground from yeah just from from nashville like even yeah. though that radius is still that's the very good thing, solid super solid yeah, yeah the good thing about chicago is that we could do a run from chicago to st louis to louisville to nashville type of thing or, or mm-hmm. whatever i mean mm-hmm. that's a great thing about the midwest is that there's actually pretty, plenty of places to play mm-hmm. we do want to you know expand nationally of course but it, it, it would have to make sense like we yeah. couldn't go all the way to california for one gig you know what right. i mean right yeah unless it was a festival then of course we would but listen we're playing the lottery okay so (laughs) (laughs) this could all change yeah this could all change (laughs) (laughs) all right so the last section we do we call them rapid fire but honestly it's not necessarily that rapid just depends on how much somebody has to say about them but it's (laughs) it's a series of questions mostly asking musicians about their favorite musicians because usually if someone you know if you make a career out of it you probably like talking about it so (laughs) (laughs) so we want to throw a few of these out here for you guys provide some insight for people into into what y'all are about all right so all questions are for both for both of you naturally wait to share (laughs) you can pass if you don't want to share yeah You can you can have one answer or separate answers or no answers. <laughs> you can fight about your answers if you want. Or however you want to play it off, you're welcome to. Deal. <laughs> All right. First up on, on this not necessarily rapid fire question list, um, what is a song or an album that changed your life? Can I go first? Yeah, first. Okay. I will go first. So okay. I'm originally from North Carolina graduated with 56 kids. I didn't grow up on rock and roll. In fact, I grew up on country music Mm -hmm. and I had every intention on being a country singer. And so Martina McBride, Faith Hill, Mindy McCready. It wasn't until 2013 when I moved to St. Louis that a friend of mine showed me Hailstorm's song, I Get Off. And that was the complete turning point of my entire life. That's kind of like how I ended up meeting Cody, being in his own separate rock band at the time. I started doing rock music and I haven't done country music since then. So that was like the complete pivot point for me and my entire career. It's really funny. My wife would actually probably agree with you. She was a huge punk artist and then she was introduced to Hailstorm and then rock all yeah. since then <laughs> i said i want to do that all the other girls are doing country <laughs> so. awesome yeah hailstorm is very much a, a linchpin of of the itch yes mm-hmm. i love lizzie hill she's awesome me mm-hmm. yep. so i've got a good one for you guys awesome 
Oh, he's getting all dramatic with it. <laughs> he has to get a drink to prepare for it because it's that good. He has to get hydrated for this answer. <laughs> Let me light a candle. Hold on. <laughs> so um, the story starts out. I was probably about 13 at the time. I lived in Illinois for most of my my childhood um, in Alton. So I don't know if you guys know where mm-hmm. that's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Just over the river. Yep. Past yeah, so I, I live yep. there. I lived there <laughs> all the way through high school. My dad lived in Illinois. My mom lived in St. Louis. So during the summer, I would go over to my mom's house for uh, three total weeks, not necessarily consecutive. Mm-hmm. One of those weeks, my stepmom, her brother came into town and he was staying the week there. He was just this, he didn't have much, you know, he was kind of guy that just lived very simple. He was extremely knowledgeable about a lot, but he was just this interesting guy, just this interesting character. His name is Kurt. So I, you know, my mom, my stepmom, they had to go to work. They owned a bookstore at the time. So during the week, usually what I would do is stay at home and my cousin would come down or my friend would come over. But instead, I spent the entire week with Kurt. And when he came into town, it was the same day that I went over to my mom's house. They bought him a copy of Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix. And he is literally the biggest Jimi Hendrix fan that I have ever met. And you will never convince me otherwise. He knew every single fact the entire week. We listened to that one album all day. Sometimes we would share. We only had one CD player and we had one set of headphones. So he would give me my turn to listen to the entire album. And then I would give it to him and he would sit there and listen to the entire album. (laughs) We would put it on the stereo in the house. We played that entire album front to back. And he would tell me these bits and pieces about these songs, where they were recorded, uh, what the circumstances behind those songs, like what was going on behind the scenes. I literally got the entire education of who Jimi Hendrix was in one week. We like went to Blockbuster when it was still open at the time. We, <laughs> we went and got uh, like live at Monterey Pop Festival. We got live at Woodstock. We got oh, that's cool. Isle of Wight. Uh, I don't know if he did Isle of Wight. Maybe he did in 70. But we got a bunch of those. And literally all week, we it was nothing but Hendrix. And up until that point, I was a Randy Rhodes fan. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. after... So going to my mom's, I was a Randy Rhodes fan and going back to my dad's, I was a Jimi Hendrix fan. And <laughs> that, that was, that was the pivotal moment in my life where I was like, okay, that's the, that's the dude, you know, that's, that's my guy. And he, and I love Randy Rhodes to pieces too, you know, just as much, but Hendrix was that moment of, wow, you can be a freak. You can be as weird as you want and play the guitar and you're still freaking cool. Yeah. He was it for me. That was my pivotal moment. It was more of a week. It wasn't like a moment. It wasn't like one song, but Purple Haze, when that, you know, when that riff comes in, it's the very first song of that mm-hmm. record. Mm. Every time I hear it <laughs> back to being a kid, I'm like, oh, it just, it's just the sound is familiar. Uh, the way it was recorded, the way that Eddie Kramer did it, it was, it's magical. But anyway, it always brings me to that week with Kurt. That's cool. That's awesome. I love that answer. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys both. Those are, those are very, very I good see what uh, you mean. Yeah, you biographies. can go forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, wait, there's more. I could. I, <laughs> I've read like I've read like five different Jimi Hendrix biographies, and I'm, I know there's more out there. But he's. <laughs> yeah. I was a freak, man. I I loved him. I still uh, love. Him. That's great. Quick, quick, a uh, little 
question. Were you guys planning on uh, attending Point Fest uh, this past one? No, actually, um, no. I think that we had a show or something going on that day. Or yeah, I, th- I think we were out of town or scheduled. To be okay. Out. the The only reason I asked that is you you shared a couple of things on Instagram about it being canceled and stuff. And yeah, yeah, stuff. So yeah. Was... We have a, a like a lot of friends from St. Louis as okay. well. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like um, keeping everybody in the loop. Yeah, we yeah. had some friends that were playing like the pop stage. Though, yeah. Okay. Stuff. Okay. Okay. And it, mainly it was for them. I mean, like the all the other you know bigger names. I'm sure that they they play these festivals all the time. It's kind of like yeah. oh bummer, but for for local yeah, right. Fans, you played. I, I played Point Fest, yeah. so it was. Um, I know that I know what I how I would feel. Yeah. You know, working yeah. and, and win and earning that spot on that stage, yeah. and then you show up and you like your gear is ready and then right. it doesn't mm. happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So mainly it was, it was for them mainly. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think actually at diamond music hall, they ended up scheduling a last minute show for some of those bands. <laughs> yeah. So if that's, cool. that's cool. yeah, yeah. It shows how cool that venue is. They take care of their bands and we're super excited to play there on Saturday. Yeah. Awesome. I had to I had to throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good rapid fire. Question. We'll come play point fest again. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll push for it. We love for y'all to be on a point fest lineup. <laughs> yeah. Hey, great. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll stick with the sort of biographical stuff. We know we've already touched on this topic a bit already, but what's a song that you are especially proud to have written? I know you got to pick between them all. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a hard one. Hmm. Uh, like ever or like within this band? Either one. If you Either want to dive one. a little bit into your background, even before Lydia's Castle, you're welcome to. You just mentioned uh, you played Point Fest. I had no idea about that. So you guys probably wouldn't wouldn't know the song. <laughs> we'll stick with Lydia's Castle. All right. Um, proud to well, we can name drop the 45 because they're awesome. So Cody was the um, guitarist in the 45 of St. Louis of St. Louis local bands. Yeah. 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 Okay. So got songs like Smoke and Gun and White Hot Eyes. Those are good songs. Uh, so, oh, well, speaking on that, one song that I am proud to have written is a song called Smoking Gun. Very yeah. simple. It's like this, the formula I was talking to you guys about. Riff, chords in the chorus, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that song, that was the first song that I've ever had played on the radio. That was a song that we had the chance that actually it was that song that caught the ear. I completely forgot this happened. So there's this producer. His name is Stuart Epps. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he worked with Zeppelin. He worked with Elton John. You know, he he worked on all those records. And uh, that song was like on on Reverb Nation. Do you remember that website? Yeah, people mm-hmm. still use that. Do, do they still use that? Okay. Yeah, they do. Um, oh, we're on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Reverb. Reverb it's still Nation. out there. Sorry. Shout out to Reverb Nation. <laughs> anyway, shout out Reverb Nation. <laughs> uh, but that's actually really i love that platform it's a cool platform yeah. anyway that song was, was on there and there was some sort of contest my singer at the time entered it in this contest and Stuart epps heard it and he uh mixed it like remixed it for us and and did a really good job and that was the one that was played on the radio so i was super proud of that moment i was like wow just got a song that was mixed and mastered by this legendary dude and uh played on the radio you know it was like it was that pivotal moment so i was pretty proud of that song that's and and, uh just a little thing here too apparently and i don't know how true this is but apparently during that session when he was mixing he was trying to pick out drum samples and uh roger taylor from uh queen the drummer of queen 
he was apparently in the studio listening to our song, helping Stuart Epps pick out drum samples to fill cool. out the sound. So it was kind that's, of cool. Like, that's wow, very cool. okay, this uh, <laughs> that's kind of a cool moment when you when you know that somebody from yeah. Queen of all yeah. bands is listening cool. to your song. Yeah. So that was a cool moment for me, and I think I was about. I think I was. Were you like sixteen? Seven, yeah, sixteen or seventeen at the time. So, wow! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my like favorite proud of song would probably be "Falling Into Place" because yeah. growing up on country, I didn't actually realize I can do the raspiness screams in my voice until probably about a year and a half ago. That was like the first song that I really figured out that that was something that I could do and start honing in on. So and that song to me is kind of like the slave to the grind, the female that can keep up with the guys kind of song. So it was cool to kind of write like a bro kind of song. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like pretty. It's not sissy. It's like, hey, like, you know, the women can mm-hmm. hang kind of thing. Yeah, that's the song that I'm the most proud of out of Lydia's Castle. So. Yeah, I would say that's probably my my favorite Lydia's Castle song yeah. I've written too. Yeah, makes sense quick sidetrack on that but because i was thinking about it as you talked about being able to do that sort of like raspy or scream voice have you guys heard of a punk band called children 183 no okay there's a there's a woman in that band named Lear marie and and a lot of your vocals have sound very similar i was like i was like this is a cool voice like like i've heard a voice similar to this before what and i liked it why do i recognize this and it took me a while i finally pinpointed what was so, the children eighteen three? Is it like eighteen and then a colon three? It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got, ch- yeah. Check out her voice. You guys. You guys have similarities, and they're another great band. Uh, they barely exist at this point, but that's all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Sad>. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Yeah. But you know. All yeah. right. Moving on. I just wanted to get that one as a, as a little no, personal thank question. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, you've got a, a. We're obviously promoting people to listen to the Lydia's Castle EP, but Tanya has a fantastic voice, and and it is versatile. So, thank you. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still finding new things. I don't know. It's cool, like to just be like you know at 30 years old in my life and still like finding new things about myself. You know, so um, mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I'm just kind of like leaning into it, and just going wherever the song takes us. It's awesome. Yeah. We're going down a similar path there. Um, what would you say so far has been a favorite to play live, a favorite track? Ooh, Fading Away. Yeah. I love that song. I really wish it would have made like our singles list. I almost <laughs> think it probably should have. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been getting a really go- good response. Yeah, it's doing, it's like doing really well. growing. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well. Good. But that song is so fun and it's fun to play live just because of like how synchronated some of you know the parts are yeah so fading away check it out (laughs) i seem to be in agreement on that one that's cool yeah 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 Yeah. we agree on some things that's that's my my favorite favorite for sure yeah all right uh when you guys want to take one of these other ones i feel like i'm hogging the list here (laughs) sure what would you say would be a dream collaboration for me it would probably be uh hailstorm awesome yeah uh or shine down oh yeah um i don't know i mean (laughs) um i think it would be interesting to see what dave Grohl's perspective on our music would be (laughs) you know i kind of like to uh, think imagine like producers to work with Rather than yeah. bands, because yeah. usually it's the producers that kind of help tie in the loose ends. Like Nick Raskolinis. Yeah, Nick Raskolinis would be awesome. 
Elvis Basquette would be cool too. He just did the the Mammoth WVH record. Yeah. But yeah, I would say probably, you know, those guys for sure. That's cool. I think you're actually the first person to mention producers for that question. And I like that because I feel like that's a, maybe kind of an overlooked element of the process. Well, I mean, the thing that you got to think about too, is like when you're incorporating a guy from another band, I mean, it's just, it's just a flat out, you know, writer, you know, like, yeah. I don't mind sharing a song with somebody, but I kind of like the idea of somebody being at the, at the helm of it, not necessarily yeah. at the forefront of it. Uh, you know, like yeah. taking a solo or, or singing a part or something mm-hmm. like that. I think it's a lot cooler to work with that person and work with their mind and then see what that does to yeah. your music. So, and, and Dave Grohl does some pr- some production as well. So, um, yeah, didn't right. he do Zach Brown band? I am not sure about that. But, yes. Oh, he yeah. did? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see his perspective on it because he's a, he's a rock guy and I, I trust his, his uh, opinion and his taste. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what would be a, a dream tour for you guys? Like if, if someone was opening for you and you're in the middle and then someone's headlining, what would be a dream tour? And you want somebody to open before us? Mm-hmm. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. If there's, if, if there's, you want. It, if there's it another band out there you want to shout out that we, uh, we might not been introduced to yet. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I have multiple dream tours. It just depends on like, Cause I think our music could fit with different bands and like these bands, like wouldn't necessarily tour with each other. Does that yeah. make sense? That's all right. But it's your dream. Though, yeah. So now they are, but it's oh, your dream. Tw- it's your dream tour. So it <laughs> oh, works. Well, this is going to be a, a really interesting show. Now. <laughs> it's like your five, your 10 band bill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a whole festival. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I could organize a festival. Um, Denton fest. Well, since they're like back out, I'm going to, I'm going to say bands that are still around. Okay. Um, I'll do that. Yeah. I would love to tour with Guns N' Roses. I think that would be an absolute dream come true. I've loved Slash like all my life. I've always thought he was the coolest character. Uh, so Guns N' Roses would be awesome. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins would be really freaking cool. Uh, and Deftones would be a lot of fun. Ooh, Deftones would be cool. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> and then bands we would have open is true villains from nashville tennessee because they are just amazing they're really great um this band called Allborn. yeah we just played with those we just guys played last... with them with discrepancies those guys are just like they're freaking awesome they're from yeah. illinois or iowa or uh, one of the states with an eye yeah yeah like <laughs> North, <laughs> somewhere over there. Some, <laughs> North, I think they said like Northwestern Illinois. I yeah. Think so. All right. Something like that. Uh, yeah. And okay. then the third one would probably be, I don't know, either Nimical Drive, the 45, Ravener. I don't know. We have so many great. There's, there's a lot there's of great so bands. Many I can't, I can't think yeah. of any bands to open. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like that we would have to open for all of them to be yeah. honest with you. But uh, yeah, those would be my probably my three bands that are cool. around today. I agree. I'll tell you, we always appreciate anytime we can talk to somebody and come away with more bands that we need to go research to. That's that's kind of like a yeah. low key goal of every interview is to yeah. be introduced to somebody. I will so. literally send you a list. Another band that <laughs> we will happily accept that. <laughs> uh, another band that'd be really cool to tour with Seven Dust. Uh, oh, yeah. That that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a band called Dead Poet Society that we've yes, oh yes, we've seen we've seen them live. They're Amazing. See, they were touring with Seven Dust, and we made it a point to get to the venue at a certain so time. Bad. 
and we thought oh, no. they were playing second and then they ended up playing first and we missed them no completely oh. and it was it was disappointing i mean they, we like still- we got there and like a band was about to go on stage and we were like this is this is not where different. are they yeah <laughs> and someone, someone was like oh yeah dude they already played and we're like all right uh, cool, whatever that's yeah, next awesome. time you get a chance you, you won't regret it yeah we've been really yeah. liking that band a lot for sure yeah that'd be Very cool mm-hmm. oh and judas priest that'd be cool too yes there you go. Nice. Iron nice, Iron nice. Maiden would be awesome. And too. Pearl Jam. There Pearl Jam would be cool. So you guys are making money on this on this festival. This is this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. heavy hitters. <laughs> this is quite yeah, the making, festival here. You're making a living. And, hail, and hailstorm. I like my yeah. I like yeah, yeah. Creedy from uh, from Pearl Jam a lot. The guitar player. I, I just feel like our styles are a lot alike, and I've always identified with that dude um, for sure. So Pearl Jam, that would be an honor. Nice. Very cool. And peak. All right, we'll we'll do one last one here, and then we'll let you guys uh, enjoy cool. the rest of your evening. This is usually the one we more or less close with, which is what's an album, a single album that is all killer, no filler. Oh, hold on, let me grab my Spotify. <laughs> we want we want to start to finish. You're not skipping anything. You might even let it repeat once it gets to oh, the end. Okay, I've got it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of them, but one that particularly sticks out in my mind is uh, Rocks by Aerosmith. So that's one that has like Back in the Saddle, Last Child, Nobody's Fault. That's my favorite song by them is Nobody's Fault. Yeah, so that that entire record from start to finish, that was my first vinyl record that nice. I got. Nice. So my mom for my birthday bought a record player, a radio to plug that record player into, and then a set of speakers for my birthday one year. And that was the first record that I bought was... Aerosmith rocks That's and cool. that was like the the record I listened to all day every day for every time I was over there and I would take <laughs> it home to my dad's and I would still listen to it there so that I will say that record is all killer no filler absolutely awesome all right mine would be Anne Berlin new surrender new surrender new yeah. surrender yeah. That's a good one too. yeah so oh Anne Berlin I would tour with Anne Berlin in a heartbeat <laughs> Good call. I Your think dream they, tour is over. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were I think they were out of commission for a while and they just in the last year or so maybe it might have come out with something new. They're starting yeah, to come back. back. Yeah. They have we, some pictures in the studio and stuff. So we we'll saw see. them in St. Louis at uh, the ready room. The ready room. Oh, cool. Yeah, when it was still open. Nice. And, yeah. And yeah. The Grove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great show. Yeah, it was. But that would be like my favorite, you know, feel good drag is such a great song and um yeah. just front to back that whole that that is a that is a no killer no filler record for yeah. sure. awesome cool yeah you guys have any other in their notes or we're ready to let them speak let now or forever hold your peace yeah just <laughs> ask us anything <laughs> we'll have more questions uh at the show this weekend probably yes, yes. Sure. <laughs> they'll be in-person questions Cool. <laughs> awesome well looking forward to seeing you guys yeah thanks so much for having us on this was a lot of fun you guys are probably like the funnest podcast we've had thank <laughs> you that means a lot we we appreciate yeah. that it's so you guys, much. we all vibe well and it's probably because we're all from st louis yeah. <laughs> that's what we're hoping yeah. we're hoping we're like there's at least a local connection somewhat and we didn't yeah. dive into it a ton but maybe another time we can we can go down that path a little more yeah. or something. i don't know for we'll, sure we'll do it over a, over a beer this weekend yeah there, there you go, go. Sounds good. <laughs> there you go. Because I can great. crawl back home. So, <laughs> <laughs> if Aaron still has a home, I might yeah. not have a home. Yes. But but this weekend I will be in St. Louis, so I, I can get you home, Dan. You'll be all right. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys, uh, thank Tanya you and much. Cody. Thank you very you. much. Uh, Lydia's Castle. Check out the EP. It just came out, and uh, we'll have links to it, and uh, we highly recommend it.
Yep. And if you're looking for any future Lydia's Castle tour dates, merch, um, you can go to lydiascastle.com um, and it has all of our videos, links to our socials, and you can contact us there as well. One-stop shop for yes. everything Lydia's Castle. Excellent. That's awesome. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys. That was our interview with Tanya and Cody of Lydia's Castle. And I, I was thinking about this a second ago. And, uh, you know, we always figure out what kind of itch we're scratching each week. And, and I forgot that this was the first time we've been able to scratch the itch to see a band in our own backyard. We've had a few. We, we obviously like shows. We've had a few different episodes where we have seen bands in St. Louis soon after interviewing them. But not as close as this. <laughs> right <laughs> this was this was fantastic we we almost immediately after this interview a few days later got to see them perform within what two miles maybe yeah <laughs> well, yeah i was gonna say i think to better understand that situation or to, to better explain that is that you know we live out in the suburbs of st louis it's like across the river it's technically a different town yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different city and, and so most of the venues are in like the city of St. Louis. And so anytime we have to go to a concert, it's a good 30, 45 minute drive to, yeah. to the city. Uh, and so, yeah, this was literally like a five to 10 minute drive. And honestly, like if I really wanted to, if I was feeling a bit ambitious, I could walk. Cause it's like two miles. Like you said, it's like two <laughs> miles from my house. Yeah. And, you know, I guess we can get right into this since I, I did just lead us off with it. This venue is called the diamond music hall. It's in St. Peter's, Missouri. And I didn't know it existed until like a month ago. I think you guys knew about it probably a little bit longer than that, but probably not much. It's pretty new, is it not? Yeah, it's it's Fairly relatively new. new. Within a year? No, it's been around for at least three years. I think it had. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it, it survived the pandemic. These are the pitfalls of not living in the town with everybody else. I don't know these things. And the only reason I know about it is because my neighbor uh, actually plays in a band that plays there all the time. Hmm. So otherwise, I wouldn't know. Yeah, this place was legit, though. It was sizable. It was clean. It was kind of cool. The sound was good for for basically everyone. Like it was no yeah. joke. I just thought I was I didn't know what to expect because St. Peter's St. Charles is not really known for having concert venues. As you mentioned, most of the good stuff is way on the other side of town. Yeah, but um, this place was legit, and I hope that they are able to book more acts like this in the future. Yeah, they had Nita Strauss about a month ago or two months ago, which is uh, you know another pretty decent size act. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it's a it's a really nice venue. One of the things that surprised me the most was that they had like three bars. They had like a bar <laughs> to the right as soon as you walk in the door, a bar to the left, and they call like one uh, Highway to Hell, the other one Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. Um, and then and they the have one like is purgatory. purgatory. <laughs> yeah. Which the purgatory bar is in like the VIP section. And there's this sweet white couch that we <laughs> fucking need to sit in. <laughs> yeah. But if the Diamond Music Hall, anybody that has anything to do with that, 
here's this podcast know that the itch will promote the shit out of you if you give us that vip couch all right that's right <laughs> just let us go there anytime we want <laughs> just put our name on it nobody sat there all night i i was so tempted just to walk over there and act like i owned it <laughs> whatever if you act like you own it nobody questions you you know you're not wrong on any of that the, the itch needs to become vips at the diamond music hall i mean we technically did that with one of the tables we did act like we owned it and we owned it all night that's right <laughs> Put, put our card on it and everything. <laughs> but this was a this was a cool show though because uh, it was four acts and and they were all functionally local. Now Lydia's Castle is based out of Nashville, but they more or less referred to it as a homecoming um, yeah. because Cody, as you mentioned in the interview, he's from Alton, Illinois, which is right over the river on the other side of St. Louis, and so it was. They were coming back to to play with and to see their family and friends. Uh, he he and and maybe Tanya too. Yeah. Maybe not so much the other guys, but functionally it was a homecoming for a, for a local band. Yeah. And they were, they were amazing live. Uh, I was really excited. I mean, the rest of the bands were great. There was nobody that I, I saw was like, wow, this band is terrible. I got to go. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was, it was all in all a good show, but by and far Lydia's castle was, was the best band there live. Like I, I loved how they started their set off because, you know, we're talking about it. They have an EP out. It's five songs, which we talked a lot about in the interview and they, you know, they had like one extra song that they played in their set. So they kind of filled it with a bunch of music, which was great. Like they, they, you know, they started off with like a solo and John brought out these like lighted drumsticks and kind of did like a little solo as well. It just was a really cool way to start the show. and. Man, I, I think Aaron kind of mentioned this when we were watching, but or after maybe after the show, Cody is a fantastic guitarist. He's one of the best guitarists I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he was good on the album. You can tell he's good on the album, but seeing him live, it was it was another level of of quality. You actually, actually, I like what you had to say about it, Dan, about Cody's playing style up there. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I told my kids this, too, and they're like, what do you what do you mean? So I had to, like, better understand how to how to explain this. <laughs> so one of the things that I absolutely love while watching. And I'm sorry, I keep wanting to mix their names up because they're so damn close between the bassist and right, the right. guitarist, Cody and Corey, Cody and Corey. So Corey is the bassist. Cody is the guitarist. And I'm, I'm yes. going to mix this up because it's just too fucking close. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I absolutely love when Cody was playing his solos, like he'd step up to the front kind of get up high on, on the either like a riser or the speaker and just like almost like channel the guitar. Like he just was like channeling the music through him, through him. And it almost like looked like the guitar was playing him. And <laughs> it was just crazy how the music was just like flowing through him throughout the guitar. It was, it was just awesome. It was just look, it was cool how it looked. It, it was amazing how he just seemed like he was feeling the music and just playing it without even like thinking about it. You know what I mean? Right. And it, you could tell that, you know, he mentioned his influences and, and the bands that he kind of looks up to. And, and you could definitely tell that while watching him. He's definitely yeah. that, that classic rock feel, Hendrix and whatnot, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was like it was like idle hands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Except for instead of like committing heinous crimes and like trying to kill people, his hands were wailing nasty guitar solos of their own power like right i'm not sure right. the rest of him knew what was going on but his hands were going to town on that guitar <laughs> <laughs> and another thing i wanted to mention because i actually talked to Corey about this the bassist after the fact so their computer 
backing sounds tracks was, was not working at all. And so they didn't have like that background noise to kind of fill the gap. So it just was them. And, and Corey, Corey even kind of alluded to that. He's like, you know, I, he's like, I've had, I've never had so much fun playing up there. Cause like, you got to do things differently to fill the space and make sure that there's always, you know, some kind of noise. And so he was, he, he, like I said, he had great stage presence for one, but he was, he was like doing like these weird picks on the bass just to kind of fill time. It was, it, or fill, you know, fill noise. And it was great. It sounded great. It didn't sound out of place. And I actually like the fact that they kind of went old school without any kind of backing tracks. It's like, you know, I understand the need for that to, you know, yeah. but like, I, I don't know. There's just something about seeing a band just raw and just yeah. play fucking awesome without anything. And that's just, you know, that's who they are. There's nothing, you know, there's no uh, computer making it sound better. It's just, it's just them. Right. And Tanya's vocals were, were great. And yes, Corey complimented Cody with the with his bass playing very well considering that he's only been a part of the band for about three months give or take you know that's <laughs> pretty crazy and he sounded seamless on there like he performed it on the EP <laughs> and John was great too I mean he's he's a, a veteran exactly what you'd expect he always he sounds great he had very strong uh kick was it like the yeah the 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 kick pedal the bass drum yeah yeah, like it was his the mix on the on his drum sounded fantastic. I that you could feel it like in the right way of the right. thump of those of those hits. I love a band that has like each member has feels like they have like an individual personality, and I think that this is a band that hits that because you've got John who's got you know thirty something years in in the business of experience. The man totally knows what he's doing. He's been there. He's been on the giant festivals. Nothing's gonna phase him. Like he's a professional and he's good at what he does. Yes. And then you've got you've got Cody, who is like like this guitar aficionado. <laughs> he's like a musician's musician like that dude. The way we t- he talked in the interview, you could tell like he's one of those people that really lives and breathes music in his life. Right. Then you have Tanya, who has a fantastic voice and she can you know, she can sing. She can kind of I wouldn't call it a growl, but she has she has some of that like. I don't know grit. power to the voice. The- yeah, grit. Yeah, it, it's, grit, it's almost little. from what she says in our interview that she was, you know, her whole life thinking that she was going to be a country singer. And I think that's exactly yeah. what that kind of grit comes from. Yeah. Is that country yeah. kind of style. And then you have Corey on bass, who who he seems to be a little bit younger than the rest of them. Um, yeah. And he he's probably like the most like outwardly energetic, like he's hopping he's, around. <laughs> he's a big, yeah. tall, lanky guy. He has so much energy. He has so much energy flailing around, just having a great old time up there. And so, like, it, we've said something kind of like this at the Dead Deads, but like, you could watch any of them through the whole show and be really entertained, no matter who you're paying attention to. Agreed. Yeah. So, in meeting the band members, which was entertaining in its own right, <laughs> <laughs> every one of them was great. Yeah. <laughs> we walk up to the merch booth, and Tanya's there, and she's like, hey. <laughs> It's it's our favorite podcast. <laughs> well, actually, first she didn't quite recognize us, and I and I, I think this is hilarious because I told her during the interview that I was going to get a signed shirt, and so I walked up there and I was like, "I'd like to get a signed shirt," and she's looking around because they have like signed CDs, they have signed all this and that, and she's, <laughs> she's like, like "These have... are signed. These are yeah. signed." <laughs> like we don't have signed shirts. I was like, "Yeah, I know. I want a shirt, and I want you to sign it if possible." <laughs> and she's like, "She's like okay," and. uh <laughs> And I was like, awesome. I was like, you know where the rest of the band is so I can get them all to sign it and I can put it up on my wall. And she's like, 
oh wait did you interview us it's like yeah that was me (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh she's like oh my god that was the best interview i've ever done (laughs) she's like i'm sorry we do like six interviews like every week and yeah but she's like you guys are so much fun it was the most fun one we did we're like yes thank you so much (laughs) and so like okay so then i have a shirt with her signature and i have a marker and i have three more signatures to get right so we're sitting there we're watching the rest of the game throughout the show (laughs) and it, it was fun as hell too like i have like it's just the whole night was hilarious so just my my story of my shirt so uh so we're watching the wild and free which they were all right as a pop metal band i was really kind of expecting them to have like i don't know bigger hooks to their songs like their songs weren't bad but there just was not like catchy you know yeah so i'm sitting there and i see john and Corey over at the table and i i want to run over there to kind of get their signatures but they kind of like right as soon as i head over there they turn around and they head towards the back like the green room area yeah and so I turned to Tanya's, ah, dang, just missed him. And she's like, oh, hey, hey, she's like, have you ever heard of the band 45? No. She's like, oh, well, hey, she turns to him. She's like, this is the best podcast interview we've ever done. Like, she's like you need to get them. You need, she's like, you need to get them to interview you. And I was like, uh, yeah, OK. And it's like, here's my card. I was like, <laughs> and so then like the lead singer, of the 45 is sitting there talking to me and I can't hear anything. The fucking band is playing. I'm already half fucking deaf. <laughs> and like i feel like such a jackass because like he's talking and he's laughing and i'm just like you were over there for like 10 minutes talking to that guy and i thought you were having a great conversation i was like dan's networking this is awesome he was talking to me there is a difference he was talking to me <laughs> now i find that out and you couldn't hear what he was saying I, anyway no man i'm fucking deaf and i'm like trying to like put my ear in front of him and like the band's playing i'm like ah, i can't hear you like ah, <laughs> bro we need to go outside this is yeah. gonna happen right yeah. here <laughs> and so yeah so i i finally go back sit down uh and then yeah later Corey's over there i get to talking to him he like like we said he has so much energy he was so fun to talk to well, yeah. so, we talked about it i was like oh yeah we had the interview he's like oh uh, they didn't tell me about the interview. I'd love to be on the interview. They're like, next time, like, have me on. Like, I'll be ready, man. <laughs> it's like, okay. What did you say? He what said, did you he... say? Like, the first thing that you're like, you're, yeah, we're from, we're, we do a show called The Itch. Yeah. And what did he say after that? I forgot what you told me. He's, he said, he's like, I must have been sleeping or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're from The Itch. Yeah, we're from The Itch. And he's like, uh, speaking of that, I'm actually really itchy right now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you. You okay, man? <laughs> oh, he was man. real cool. I told, I, t- I think I told Casey after the show. I said he reminds me of, he reminded me of uh, uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, <laughs> just tall, skinny, comparison, kind of energetic, kind of a happy. I mean, I don't think he was like, yeah, he wasn't rude like Jay was. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. A nicer version of Jay. Yeah, <laughs> a, a nicer, happier version of Jay. <laughs> and so. Then I get to meet John. I get him to sign my shirt, and I ask him the question that I was talking about in the intro to the, the podcast episode. And I'm standing there, and and Casey walks up, and he's like, "Whoa, is this your bodyguard?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I start laughing, and I'm like, "Kind of co-host." It's like, it's like nope, that's our co-host and resident billboard, Casey. <laughs> I still think you should have seen if 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 John was interested in hiring you as, as security as, for as the security. band. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lydia's Castle personal security. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we got uh, a network i'm telling you <laughs> and then yeah i met cody and and uh 
he he was awesome, just a real nice down to earth guy, and he was glad that we could make it. And uh, yeah, it was just it was awesome. Like it was a great show, great concert, good night. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was really nice to. It's always nice to meet the people that we interview in person and and get to chat with them for a, a decent amount of time. So enjoyed that very much. And I'm glad to hear. Like I'm, I was so proud that she thought that we were like the best podcast interview and as with especially with as many as she has done right yeah or they have done i should say yeah um this is definitely a band i want to keep you know following up with they're starting to book a few shows out for the summer she mentioned in in the interview they've they're actually coming back yeah to the diamond music hall in about a month and then they've got a couple shows of back out in Tennessee. And then I think their biggest one that they've got booked so far, they're playing with Saving Abel up in Flint, Michigan at the Machine Shop, which is a pretty, pretty prominent venue, um, yeah. especially in the region. Yeah. And so and the EPA has come out. It It's pretty great stuff. Handful of tracks, as we mentioned before, highly recommended. John wasn't lying by any means when he said that they took it seriously and they mean it like this is a strong debut. There is nothing in there that I look at and be like, these guys are, you know, immature. They're rookies or anything at all like that. It's it's a very strong debut EP. Well, and in their interview, they have a strong message behind the band. The band means a lot to them because of that message. And and one of the things that I, uh, you know, wanted to say, I actually got a chance to say this to her afterwards because you know, as a parent, I can't imagine losing a child. And I, I told her that I'm, you know, I went over and I, I kind of just told her, I said, I'm really, really sorry for your loss. And sorry that you had to go through that because I, I can't imagine having to deal with that as a parent. And she's like, you know, she's just, you know, thank you for your words. And I said, I'm sorry that I didn't say that during the episode. I just was trying to keep it professional and not get like really emotional because I was, you know, I just had the feeling that I might. Uh, and I did in front of her. <laughs> and so we gave, like, we kind of, you know, hugged it out. And, and uh, yeah, it was just, so I, I truly appreciate that she's willing to put herself out there and turn her message into something positive and trying to and trying to move forward. Yeah, I, we we can't uh, echo that enough. Um, you know, it's a, it's important topic to talk about, and a lot of a lot of people don't because it's so uncomfortable. And you know, we we saw that show the day before father's day and we're recording this right now, the day after. And so I'm not going to lie when we were watching them, there was a couple points within some of those songs. Cause these songs, you know, are written out of their experience of, of loss. And there's a couple points where, you know, you mentioned how Cody kind of looked like he was almost just like channeling something. There's a couple points where I feel like he was also getting hit with the emotion of what he was singing. Right. Um, which is a, as a side note, Another way in which he is even better live than I realized on the CD is that Cody's actually a really good background vocalist mm-hmm. for Tanya. They mesh very well together. But all that to say, they're playing some of these songs and I started to get choked up during the set because I was just thinking about all those things at once, like watching them perform and thinking about that conversation that we had, thinking about the timing you know, of when this was all happening and, and also just some personal experiences. And so, yeah, we, we want to give a huge thank you and shout out to them for working with that vulnerability uh, in their story, bringing that, you know, out into the public and then also just being willing to get personal with us talking about it. And so yeah. that, that means a lot. And their message is very powerful. Yep. Yeah. We have fun with these interviews, but it really is important to us whenever we're able to, to bring out those very human parts of, of life. Yeah. And we love bands that are, that are open about that and, and helping people cope with, you know, life being tough. 
And as always, as we've said in previous episodes, it takes mental awareness very seriously. So if you need assistance of any sort, please make sure that you're getting it from whether that's professionals, family, uh, anybody that's uh, willing to assist and try to do what you need to to get better because the world is definitely better with you in it. Yep. Yep. So thank you very much for listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.